everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. This is a bonus episode that we are doing today. Very exciting. We are talking the best of streaming so far 2021. And I am film critic Rachel Wagner and guest Austin Burke is back. Oh, I feel good. It's been a while, Rachel. It's been <laughs> no. a while. I was so happy when you asked me to come back and do this. And of course, you know, cover everything on streaming. So this was kind of the perfect little project for us. Yeah, well, we did kind of the best of of 2020 last year, and we had a lot of fun doing that. And I thought, well, why don't we have you back and we can talk about it's it's the six month point of the year. So perfect time to talk about uh, the best of streaming this year. And for people maybe that missed that first podcast, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about your channel? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Austin Burke on YouTube and on Letterboxd, writing reviews, and then at the Burkinator on Twitter and Instagram. But uh, yeah, basically, I cover all things streaming, whether it be Netflix or Amazon or Disney Plus or Hulu. Um, try to talk about as many as I can. I've been slacking a bit lately because <laughs> we've um, we've been moving from place to place. But uh, for the most part, I like to uh, just watch and review and, and try to keep the quality with that quantity. And every now and then I'll I'll talk about, you know, your comic books and your uh, superhero films, because that's kind of a love of mine. But yeah, I just I, I love um, all of the diverse content we have on so many different streaming platforms. So it's cool to mm-hmm. get to talk about so many different things on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, and since we last talked, we've had new services that have have yeah. uh, we there's Discovery Plus, which come, which I've actually really enjoyed. Okay, because uh, I, you know, I'm a Food Network nut. <laughs> yeah, I'm turning into a Gordon Ramsay nut. I mean, it started <laughs> last year. You know, we were watching a little bit of Kitchen Nightmares, a little bit, but now we're like. I think we've watched every season of MasterChef and almost every season of Hell's Kitchen. So whenever I get just the tiniest bit of free time, yeah. I'm Gordon Ramsay all the way. So yeah, those those food shows and things like that count me in. I love that yeah. stuff. Chopped is totally my oh, kind so of good. guilty pleasure, like fill, filler show. Like whenever I like, I just want something on that's not going to tax me mentally. I yes. just turn on Chopped <laughs> I, and then I I. I kind of joke that i rage watch because i'm just like why are you using the ice cream machine now you know it's like yeah <laughs> but the thing is uh, that's why i love watching those shows because yeah. you know we review things so we have to really be focused but those shows you can just turn on and, yeah. and then every now and then pay attention and get mad and, and yeah. appreciate like, the brilliance of gordon ramsay that's what i do don't try panna cotta or risotto it never works <laughs> never works it's not good enough. So okay. yeah, so I've enjoyed uh, Discovery Plus. It's been a fun one. I uh, then we also had Paramount Plus, which yeah. I think is a win if you are into the TV shows that it offers. But as far as movies, it's been pretty weak. They just added, I guess, a bunch. But uh, but I mean, I'll enjoy it once. Uh, once survivor is back on then i'll be uh oh, yeah. be on there because i love survivor but uh but yeah it it's hasn't had a great rollout it seems like to me yeah it stayed fairly quiet i think a lot mm. of these past hbo max have been um kind of just like okay we'll see what happens i know they have like the iCarly show and i think rugrats just premiered but i'm i myself i i kind of struggle oh, yeah. with you know seeing when they come out because it's like oh that came out already because apparently the first few episodes of rugrats just came out i'm like really so i guess i need to get on the ball more with these new streaming yeah, services for paramount plus yeah it's true they uh they had they did have one christmas movie on there that i watched and had a few other things and they've got uh they have um uh all the star trek shows on there yeah and so i love star trek yeah so that's good but uh, as far as new stuff and uh and definitely in the movie department it's pretty weak so yeah uh, i agree but i look forward to survivor uh, and uh i think those are the two main big new ads uh as far as streaming services in the last six months but uh then you have our main uh contenders 
And I thought we'd start by talking about Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first thing we got to talk about is WandaVision. Yes. So uh, what was your overall thoughts about WandaVision? How do you feel about it? Uh, so I actually really enjoyed i will admit it did take me three episodes like i appreciated what they were doing and i really liked the style of it but it took me you know the first three episodes to really get it and then once i got it is when everything started to really come together for me uh and about five to six episodes in i was just really locked in completely on board now i will admit the finale didn't entirely do it for me. I was a little disappointed with, you know, obviously the Evan Peters reveal and not that, you know, fan theories got in the way and I got all amped up because, you know, everybody did, but it was more so just the writing for the finale didn't quite match up to the high highs of the season. Uh, But overall, I still thoroughly enjoyed WandaVision and it ended ended up being a good time. And I liked it a lot when I went back and watched it all together because I think part of the problem is, you know, week by week, which I think is the perfect way to release this. So I don't have an issue with that per se, but we're kind of building these theories in our head. And then when it doesn't do what maybe we want it to do, well, that can be upsetting. But it did flow a lot better um, back to back to back because I kind of, you know, felt the story. It felt more cohesive, if that yeah. makes sense. And I think the finale, the payoff was just a tiny bit better. Yeah, I haven't had the chance to to do that, and I look forward to it. Uh, but it was so much fun week by week. I mean, yes. it, it maybe it hurt itself in the end, the speculation, but it was so much fun while it was going to speculate mm-hmm. about it, about you know what could be coming up next. Is Doctor Strange going to be coming in, or what what's happening? And uh, I thought they, while the finale did have some disappointing parts in it, it the Evan Peters was disappointing, yeah. but I thought that the ending of the finale with her going off and the sort of the teaser to Dr. Strange two was really good. And so I'm very intrigued with what is going to happen. And, uh, you know, with her basically being kind of maybe the villain of Dr. Strange two and, Obviously, they're going to win her over somehow and and what's going on. And I just enjoyed it so much. It was so unpredictable and surprising. And so few media can do that these days. (laughs) We've seen it all before. (laughs) And it had everyone talking. I mean, every single week people were freaking out. And that's why I think they have to stick with the week by week. Like, don't get me wrong. I love... I love Netflix and I love binging and I, I liked binging WandaVision together for a second time. But in terms of, you know, keeping it in the discussion for what, how many weeks was that? I mean, that, that's that's hard to do today. Yeah. And I think Marvel did it and I think they rocked it. This being their first show, um, I thought they really nailed what they tried to do, even though, again, I did find some disappointing yeah. elements. But uh, I mean, it's it's Marvel. So I was I was locked in from start to finish. Yeah. And I think it was it was sort of in in the perfect timing as far as the pandemic as well, because we were all still pretty closed in and you're kind of needing that post Christmas uh, rush (laughs) of something. So I mean, uh, but it's it's hard to believe that. Think about this, Rachel. I mean, we just got our first episode of Loki. There have been three Marvel shows this year yeah that is unbelievable that's unreal i mean it doesn't feel like that but we have literally gotten marvel content almost every week of the year we are myself i am spoiled beyond belief 10 years ago i i was just looking forward to one marvel movie every nine to ten months and now we're getting it every other week i mean this is awesome so if you're a fan of the mcu um it's a great time to be living right now yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, that's so true. Because we have the Eternals coming up. We have oh. Black Widow coming up. We've got uh, She-Hulk and Hawkeye and yes. uh, w- What If. And I mean, there's just so many shows coming up. Yeah, and it's and it's not going to stop. And, you know, they continue to throw out these ideas and set things up in the shows that we're already getting. 
that could spin off and mm-hmm. characters from yeah. WandaVision. I mean, now we have another character to add into Captain Marvel, right? So it's it's just really cool what they're doing. They're building, they're planning. And, and one thing I've always said about Kevin Feige is he constantly has a plan. Yeah. And it just, that seems to be the case with the shows as well. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. The way that they're able to do that, that, and they, I mean, they have individual films that may not be as successful, mm-hmm. but then they make them work within the story. And so they're successful in a way. I was thinking about even with Loki, you know, making parts of, of a, a Thor Dark World, a less successful film, making yeah. it important, making it work. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I think Loki could end up being my favorite show. I really so do. So good. I I love it. I absolutely love it. And part of that is I was a tiny bit disappointed in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, That's actually my least favorite one so far, even comparing it to the two episodes of Loki. There were just some things about it. Uh, The Flag Smashers didn't work. Certain characters didn't really have the best of arcs. I still liked it. And I think what they did with Anthony Mackie was great. I really yeah. loved um, what they did with Wyatt Russell's character. But overall, there was some disappointment there. So seeing what Loki's doing so outside of the box, it's really nice to get back to kind of what WandaVision was doing. Well, I had mixed feelings about what they did with Wyatt Russell's character because when he uh, when he has that violent act, I try not mm-hmm. to be too spoilery, but... I felt like there wasn't enough repercussions for that because that was very disturbing. And I felt like there needed to be more uh, for him. And so I was, I was kind of, I I don't know. I didn't like that. Uh, And I, I I agree. I thought that the writing, it was very exposition heavy, that show. Yeah. And I, I joked that I felt like it was just people going from one room to another room and <laughs> talking. <laughs> that was the main, <laughs> the main plot. Um, uh, but uh, the ending with the whole arc of Sam's character was very well done. Oh, I yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I loved that. And I loved the just the idea that you can take two kind of side-ish characters and and give them a compelling story. And it was a compelling story. Uh, but like you said, yeah, I think some of the writing was lack- lackluster. The finale, just like WandaVision, but even a bit more than that, was a little bit disappointing. And there were some... Yeah. There's some things about the uh, the villainous side. I just I could not have cared less about the flag yeah, smashers. I agree I with just, you on the flag smashers. Oh, I, and boy. evidently, uh, somebody told me. I don't know if it's true or not, but somebody told me that they had planned to do like a, a vaccination kind of mm-hmm. plot with a government what I heard. conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and then it got obviously they got rid of that, and you could kind of tell. I felt like there was some heft that was missing. Yeah. From and they that. and they teased it a couple times. There's an opening um, in, in the first episode. There's an opening shot where it kind of uh, pans up on uh, a sign that leads you to believe that there's going to be some sort of vaccine ish thing. Mm-hmm. And they actually left a lot of the elements in that could have tied perfectly into that. But you know, you can tell that there's something missing there, and yeah. that was absolutely missing because instead of writing them something compelling. They just kind of made them the the people to go and bring the other characters together. So, yeah, I wish they would have filled that in a bit better. Mm-hmm. But the circumstances, I understand why you had to take that out. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see now how Black Widow plays out when you have certain characters yeah. now that we've already been introduced to that we we're originally not going to be introduced to, like uh, uh, Julie Streifus' character for instance, who I think is going to be in Black Widow, I think. Um, And and so that's going to be interesting. It's just going to be because the order got all messed up. So I'm very curious to see how that all plays out. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But I I do believe the tie-ins are going to hopefully still make a bit of sense. Although I do feel like in Black Widow, there's going to be this big rousing introduction for her. And we're all going to be like, well, we've already seen her. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, agreed. you know, that I think that's the route that they're going to go, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, let's talk about other programming on Disney plus. Uh, so 
I liked a little movie that they had called Flora and Ulysses. Yeah. And this was a movie about a little girl whose father writes comic books and, uh, and her father and mother are uh, going through a divorce. Her mother writes for romantic novels and she's got all the uh, covers <laughs> for romantic novels in uh, it framed in the in the main room and with her trophies and things and uh, her mom's played by Allison Hannigan who I love I was a big a Marshall and Lily fan uh, now I met your mother and oh, yeah. uh, so she starts she, there's this kind of super powered squirrel <laughs> that she becomes friends with and i just thought it was really cute <laughs> i really enjoyed i didn't think it was quite as good as timmy failure which i adored last year it was Agreed. one of my favorites it was mm-hmm. so good uh but this i thought was definitely worth watching the relationship between between uh, her and her mother and her and her father was really cute yeah, I ended up thinking this one was okay. Um, that doesn't sound like a big endorsement, but it was genuinely cuter than I thought it was going to be. And um, really, the cast was great. Um, yeah. Matilda Lawler was awesome. Ben Schwartz worked really, really well in his role. The thing I didn't love about it, the the, the sense of humor and kind of that quirkiness didn't entirely work mm-hmm. and you made the perfect comparison because that's kind of what I was comparing it to was Timmy failure. And I thought Timmy failure just worked a bit better. Um, yeah. but this was still very sweet, very cute and a nice little superhero movie for kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's, um, I, I want to see more of this. I want to see more yeah. of this that's directed more towards the younger audience, uh, that adults can still appreciate. So, uh, yeah, yeah I thought, I thought it was a sweet little film. Yeah, that's 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 the way I would describe it too. And and if, if people haven't watched Timmy Failure, you totally should. It's so oh, fun. Yes, I loved it. Uh, so, do you have something else on Disney Plus that you would recommend? Well, I, I mean, I guess you know it's not technically pure streaming, but I guess we could talk about Cruella since that's mm-hmm. kind of the the most recent film. And I know we may share different opinions on this, but I actually really liked this movie. Mm-hmm. I I did. I, I thought it was refreshing but yeah. i'm i'm kind of one who hasn't entirely um been on board with a lot of the disney live action movies but at the same time i am one that's appreciated a few that other people really haven't appreciated so mm. uh, cruella is one that felt different felt strange uh the soundtrack the costume designs uh the costume design was awesome my problem is yeah. the movie just kind of um repeats itself over and over a little bit and then the end just feels a little bit too long and it's kind of silly the way that they tie everything together but beyond that i liked cruella overall um i know i i I think you still enjoyed it right rachel yeah i did recommend it i did i i gave it fresh on ron tomatoes i gave it a six out of ten and my my title of my review was cruella it's okay i guess (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. Okay, so you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's still an endorsement, though. That's still an endorsement. Yeah, it is. I mean, I if you were to ask, if Disney were to ask my advice, <laughs> I would way rather them doing kind of experimental, weird movies like this, as far oh, yeah. as the remakes, than the bland, terrible Beauty and the Beast Sorry for fans oh, of that movie. I like or that one. no, I can't. Oh, and uh like Lion King, those are just not yeah. for me. That one uh, I agree. That one I agree. <laughs> I would rather have them be doing experimental things like Pete's Dragon and Cruella and uh, that are trying to do something different. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I didn't love the Christopher Robin, but at least that was kind of trying to do something different. Yes. I would rather have that style than yeah, than the uh, shot for shot style, personally. I'm with you. And I, I think a lot of it comes down to, um, you know, some people will have this affinity like love Cruella as a character. I, I don't really care that much. So I was very open to them doing mm-hmm. a different style of Cruella and just a different character in its entirety, but keeping what makes, you know, Cruella Cruella. And I mm-hmm. think they did a good job of that. And, and I thought they went in a bit of a different direction now. Whatever the sequel is going to be, 
part of me is hesitant, but the other part of me says, okay, well, I like that they're doing it because at least now you can take her on her own path instead of saying, well, this has to tie into 101 Dalmatians. No, it's going to be its own thing. And I like that. Well, I mean, I think that they put in a lot of clues into the original, which is kind of confusing because she's a puppy Mm. killer. So I'm like, what are you doing? I don't get it. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to just look at it as fan fiction, 101 Dalmatian fan fiction. That's how I yeah. have to look at it. It's kind of its own thing. And I, I thought the Emmas were really fun oh, and yeah. the, the costuming was incredible, as you said. Uh, but they do kind of have three heists. And by the time they got to the third one, I was kind of a little over it. So I think uh, that, yeah, they could have definitely cut it down and made it more streamlined. It was a, it was a very strange project for Disney, but, uh, but yeah, it was definitely, I'd re- like I said, I recommended it. So, uh, but we also had, I mean, if we're talking about things that were direct to, uh, to, to that were in theaters and premiere access, uh, you know, you had Rye and the Last Dragon. Oh yeah. Which I yeah. enjoyed. Me too. I, it's not perfect, but overall, I thought it was a fun adventure, and that Raya was an appealing character, and the whole idea of sort of her forgiving this uh, this other character for what she had done, I thought was was very was good and very well done, and the animation was really great, uh, and overall, I definitely would recommend that as well. Yeah, I'm completely with you. I- I'm also with you on the point, you know, saying it's not perfect because there were some things about it that I felt were missing. Mm. Um, So I will say I really liked it, just felt short of loving it, but it's still super fun. I think the voice cast is awesome. And uh, it's one of those movies that you really don't ever get bored because there's just a lot happening. Mm-hmm. Um, now I could see how that's a negative for some, but uh, overall the world building was was outstanding. So yeah, Raya is absolutely a recommendation for me. And I think I enjoyed it a, a little bit more than Cruella as well, if we're comparing yeah. those two. Oh yeah, for me at least, yeah. yeah. Uh, also as kind of part of uh, Raya was the short Us Again. And that was one of my favorite uh, films, if you can, if you can consider a short uh, a film, one mm-hmm. of my favorite films so far of 2021. I absolutely loved this short, and uh, in a way, it kind of. I watched it and then watched Raya, and it was kind of set the bar very high in my opinion. I just it made me cry. I just thought it was beautiful, and uh, so uh, if you did, you have a chance to see that because it, it wasn't with it. Uh, a, when it was released on Disney Premier Access, which was insane. Like, you think yeah. they could throw in for 30 bucks? You think they could throw in the short? But yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it was your recommendation, actually, on Twitter. I think you mm. tweeted out about it that kind of made me aware of that. And then I was asked on a live stream the other day, have you seen this Yes, uh, Have you seen this yet? And I said, no, but I've heard from a friend that it's really, really good. Yes. So I've got to see it. So I haven't seen it, but I'll tell you what, I went and kind of looked at some thoughts about it on Twitter, just people that have yeah. tweeted their thoughts, and it has been nothing but great reviews. So I am, I'm... I, I think I need to do it today because, like yeah. you said, it's a short, so it should be very easy. But, yeah, I'm very excited for it. Well, that. text me what you think when you watch it because, again, it's only a short. And and I really think, especially knowing you're a La La Land fan, I really Whoa. think you'll love it. I, I awesome. Do. Okay. It's so good. All right. It's so good. I'm it's about, now. Just so people know, it's about a old man who's feeling kind of sad, uh, which is a plot point that will always win me over. I just I always <laughs> just melts my heart. And... Uh, and it, he, there's this, uh, this woman that he's friends with and they're all just kind of down and it just starts to rain. And it's, it's this magic rain that makes him young again. And, uh, and they, the whole thing is choreographed with this just wonderful dancing. And there's actually even a documentary special on Disney plus about the choreography and how they did it. And it's really wow. cool. So yeah, that's, that's uh, my cup of tea. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, so then another thing that, uh, we are going to cover on the podcast once the show is finished is high school musical, the musical, the series season two. 
And I, I mean, I was as, as skeptical as anybody else going into season one. Uh, but it, it won me over. Uh, Anne, our, one of our co-hosts, and she loved it. So she got me to watch it. And I really enjoyed it. It was very well done. And then this season, they are doing Beauty and the Beast, which is really fun, of course, close to my heart. And they brought in Derek Huff as kind of the uh, the other school drama teacher uh, to compete with East High. And uh, that was a brilliant choice. And uh, they have you know really good singing in there the whole world has kind of fallen in love with uh olivia rodrigo uh lately but she's great and the the whole cast is very very good uh it's charming i've heard nothing and i've heard so so correct me if i'm wrong is season two better than season one that's what i've heard (laughs) so far Uh, um I don't know. They're both, I, th- I feel like they're both pretty similar, but okay. you know, I think that Beauty and the Beast is just so great that that's, <laughs> it can maybe gives it a little bit of an edge, but yeah. I would say the original songs were better though in season one than so far what I've heard in season two. Okay. I need to, I need to catch up. So I watched, I believe it was the first five or six episodes of season one. And then mm-hmm. I just got so behind and, you know, once you're four episodes, five episodes behind, yeah. I'm like, well, can't review it now. So I might as well wait. And now I've waited too long because I've heard really good things. So my mm-hmm. goal is to be caught up by the finale, which I believe is towards August. I think there's still a handful of episodes left. Yeah. Um, so I'm planning on being ready to review the whole season. But uh, yeah, I, I word of mouth is what's got me really excited to, to start uh, catching up on this show, because what I saw. I really liked. Yeah. And like I said, we're going to have some kind of coverage of the show and we'll have uh, me and Anne and Jennifer Chandler uh, covering it sometime probably in July for half of it. And then the final in August, but we'll let y'all know listening uh, about that. Uh, But uh, do you have anything else for Disney plus? Uh, nothing that, uh, nothing that I, I know there has been mighty ducks and I know there've been a couple of shows that everybody's watched and raved about. I've really focused in on the Marvel s- stuff yeah. this year. Um, so I'm really hoping to go and, and catch up on your high school musicals and your mighty ducks towards the end yeah. of the year. Same. Yeah. I've heard good things about that and I heard good things about the, uh, about the John Stamos basketball show. I haven't yeah. had a chance to watch that either. Yeah. Um, on Hulu, we ha- we would be amiss to not uh, recognize the best picture winner, uh, Nomadland, yes. uh, that you mm-hmm. can watch on Hulu, which uh, is very well done. I very much enjoyed it. And it, I actually enjoyed it more the second time i watched it than the first time i watched it a lot of the issues that i had i still gave it a positive review i i felt better about for some reason on the second time i watched it and uh i think it is a very very sweet film (laughs) uh very very kind uh film Uh, uh, yeah and you feel like a closeness you feel the the director Chloe Zhao that she really has an affection for these characters in this oh, world. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, and listen, when I say this, it's not a slight on the film. It, it wasn't my choice for best picture. It just wasn't. But that's not to say I didn't appreciate what she was able to do. And yeah. this is a big part of why I'm so excited about Eternals is because Zhao can just do things that other directors can't do when it comes yeah. to characters and and making them feel as real as possible. Um, I mean, obviously, real situation, real setting here, but um, giving us one of the best performances of the year, Francis McDormand, and, and one of the most beautiful movies of the year, um, I thought Nomadland was everything it should have been, and I didn't really have a ton of issues with it, other than maybe it was just a bit slow um mm-hmm. but it's an absolutely beautiful film and it's yeah. really cool to see that hulu has themselves a best picture winner that, that's yeah. cool yeah so if you haven't seen it you definitely should check that out all right let's talk about hbo max uh the first thing that i wanted to talk about on hbo max is the show called hacks and mm. this stars gene smart who is just incredible uh she has so much range 
I mean, everything from playing the first lady on 24, which she was brilliant in, in my mm. opinion, uh, to being in sitcoms like Designing Women. And uh, she she's just done it all. She was in a Hallmark movie not too long ago with Candace Cameron Bure. Uh, she's just so much range. And in this show, it's so well done. Uh, she plays this woman who is a... Uh, is a Vegas uh, comedian and she's been there for forever. She's kind of a legend. She's definitely supposed to be kind of Joan River-ish, I think is the, okay. is the, uh, they even make some jokes about plastic surgery and stuff like that. And this uh, new uh, young talent, Gen Z kind of writer gets hired to help her with her act. And of course she's very resistant to that. And the, the young girl kind of, the young woman hates her and thinks that she's just tired. And, uh, and so they have this kind of relationship and it's just so funny, so well done. And she's just, if she's not nominated for an Emmy, it would be absolute, absolute ridiculousness. Uh, cause she's brilliant. And I, I, I really think the show's great so far. There's only been like four episodes, I think. Okay. So interesting. You, you should check it out. Yeah, I've got I've got to check this one out. HBO Max feels like that platform that I'm that I'm always behind on because I I've just not really reviewed a ton from it. But uh, yeah, that's one I've heard nothing but praise about over the last uh, how many two or three weeks is when people yeah. have really been talking about it. And I saw a review of it the other day, and they said it could be the best show to come from HBO Max in general. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm really excited to 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 finally go check it out. It's so good, and she's just incredible uh what about you do you have something for hbo max um well i I, it's technically hbo but i i just want to throw in that i did finish mayor of east town um Mm. which you know it's it's hard to kind of separate the two because hbo stuff goes to hbo max but yeah um i actually watched the last episode on hbo max and let me tell you that show was Oh my goodness. It was compelling. It was a great character study. It was, it was one that was in the conversation every week, but, um, I liked not reviewing each individual episode and just kind of sitting back, relaxing and doing it at my own pace. And then Mm -hmm. finally seeing that finale, uh, was the, the payoff that I wanted. It was everything that I wanted it to be. So I thought Mayor of Easttown was just great. And Kate Winslet, um, maybe even more so, uh, uh, Julianne Nicholson. But Kate Winslet was really incredible as the lead. Did you get a chance to check that out, Rachel? I haven't yet, but I've heard really good things. And so I definitely need to get on that. Yeah. Yeah. So good. good. Uh, A couple other things on HBO Max that I enjoyed. Uh, There is a document series called The Lady and the Dale, which I really enjoyed. It's, uh, It's about this woman who is a a transgender woman in the 1970s and uh, she she invented the three-wheeled electric car and the thing that's interesting about this story is that part of it you you think that it's a big ponzi scheme but then like part of it you feel like she really believes it's real and that it's going to make it and isn't a scheme. And she's, she's like a really admirable person for, for who she is at that time and, and her standing up for herself and her family and everything. Uh, but then again, she's like, she's kind of deceiving people, but is she deceiving people? Like it's very ambivalent, ambiguous. Like you don't Hmm. know what to think about her. Even in the end, you're just kind of like, Hmm. And I, I always appreciate that in documentaries because uh, it's so easy to, to be very manipulative and that you have to think this way. And so when there's a little bit of ambiguity, I find that's very interesting in a docuseries and documentary. And they use a lot of animation because I don't think they had that many pictures to go to work with or clips. And uh, it's, uh, it was very well done. It's the Duplasses, their production company did it and you can kind of see that feel on it. And so it was very good and very interesting. Uh, so I recommend that. 
Uh, and then I also recommend, of course, The Nanny is now streaming on HBO Max. And that's not like a new <laughs> show, but uh, it started at the beginning of April. And, you know, I, I adore the show. I have a whole podcast just for re- recapping The Nanny called The Frankcast. And I love Fran Drescher and I love The Nanny. And uh, I think it's it's just it holds up extremely well, the show. Uh, it was very uh, it was more progressive than I think given credit for as far as the themes that it would take. And it's just it's really funny and a very romantic. It's 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 a, one of the best r- romances, I think, in TV history between Maxwell mm-hmm. Sheffield and Fran. Uh, so people should definitely check out the uh, the nanny on HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And uh, it, it's a show that features, I think, one of the greatest lead performances yeah. of all time. I mean, yeah. she's just incredible. I love your coverage of that yeah. show, by the way. I, I just think it's so creative. It's like, because because if I was just some random person, I would be like, man, I, there's no way there's a podcast on this show. <laughs> and then they're going to find your podcast. And yeah. I could imagine like just a hardcore fan being the happiest person (laughs) listening to that podcast. And Uh, we've had had so much fun. I mean, it's really been something to look forward to every week uh, as part of this pandemic was to me and Larry and Colleen to talk about the nanny every week has just been such a gift. Yeah. And I I think it's just a really cool thing you guys are doing, but I was going to say, speaking of older shows i think we could maybe touch on the friends reunion did you get a chance to watch that i actually haven't because i went on vacation uh right around when it posted uh but i've heard a lot about it how do you feel about it so other than the extra stuff kind of the fluff is what i called it i mean there's just a lot of like the celebrity cameos and the guests and i get it they love friends and they wanted to talk about okay cool i didn't care about that I cared about our six characters coming back, reminiscing. I could have listened to them them sit at that table and talk for three hours. It was Mm -hmm. awesome. They told stories. They read off some scenes. They were asked questions. All of that was wonderful. You actually learned things that you didn't know about them all. Um, So that part of it, I I genuinely love. So all in all, I really enjoyed the overall experience and it actually kind of flew by. Um, but I wish they could have done without some of the extra things, um, mm-hmm. the, the the fluff that made it, you know, kind of lose yeah. focus a little bit. Whereas yeah. the Fresh Prince was all the Fresh Prince cast. I wanted this to be all the Friends cast. Yeah, I I think I could. I'm sure I'd probably feel the same. And especially when you don't have things like Paul Rudd and, and stuff like that. And yet yeah. you're having all this fluffy stuff. Yeah. Uh, why you would do that but yeah we'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode and that is the hallmarkies patreon do you love hallmarkies podcast do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks now is the time to become a patron of hallmarkies podcast by becoming a patron you get to access our patron facebook group You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Let's dive into Netflix. <laughs> That's going to be our big one. It's the big the one. First, <laughs> the first I wanted to mention on Netflix is uh, Kim's Convenience Season 5. Okay. I, I, I stumbled upon this show, I think it was in February, and I just became kind of obsessed with it. I mean, I rarely binge watch shows, and I watched the, the four seasons in like two weeks or something i just loved the show and i still love the show it's so sweet it's so heartwarming it's about a family it's so funny and i love the characters and it's 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 kind of two shows in one because you have 
the family that's at the convenience store and all the things going on there. And then you have the one son named Chung who works at this uh, car rental place called Handy Car Rentals. And that's almost like sort of the office kind of type of show with okay. uh, a workplace humor and things like that. And I, I love both parts so much. And I, I, uh, I'm sad that it kind of ended on a bitter note uh, and especially the last week with things coming out and I don't know, it's just, it's a bummer. Um, and I wish that they hadn't, it's so bizarre that they just walked away from it without finishing it off and, and all the, the cast was ready to go and ready to do season six. And the, the producers just were like, well, we're tired of making the show and it's bizarre, but I, I still love what we did get. It's such a good show in my opinion. Yeah, that's one that I, I haven't been able to check out. Uh, yeah, the, the the chaos going on. I mean, oh my goodness, it's crazy. And the fact that it ended on that note. So there wasn't like this satisfying conclusion? It was better than I feared it would be. Uh, okay. Because, I, you know, the way they just kind of ended, I thought, oh, is it just going to feel, is there going to be no sense of closure? But there was a little bit of sense of closure. And it was more satisfying than I expected because we've all been waiting for this reunification with Chung and Appa, the the father character. Uh, And we didn't 100% get it, but we got it like a little bit. So (laughs) it was better than I, it was better than I expected, but I still just, it's unfortunate that it, it couldn't have been a more empowering ending as far as even just it seems like the cast and mm-hmm. just everybody it's just there's a little sourness right now about the show which just makes me sad because i i loved it so i still do love it so much but uh but anyway yeah it it's uh it's it's bizarre what they did yeah. but anyway people should check it out it's really good and you have a, a number of hallmark t- talent that come in and out and have little roles so uh, i think people listening to this podcast will enjoy seeing a few familiar faces <laughs> that are in the in because it was all in canada very cool so, that's awesome uh what about you what's your first thing you want to talk about for netflix Man, I mean, I I have so many shows that I've seen this year that I I, I think are worth watching. Um, You know, I could throw in a Ragnarok season two. I could throw in uh, a couple of these earlier shows. There was an anime um, called Yasuke that was really amazing and um, a couple of documentaries. But the first one I want to talk about, there's really two that stick out to me, um, is Shadow and Bone. Did you get a chance to watch this, Rachel? Mm-mm. I heard about it, but it was surprisingly. Uh, and they just announced the season two. I believe yesterday they just announced season two, which is great because they like to cancel things now. Now um, I am not a fan of like Hunger Games and okay, that kind okay. of thing, uh, so that's why I I was kind of like mm, I don't know. It what is. Do you think? I mean, there there are definitely some cliches there. Um, The interesting thing for me about this show is that there are essentially um, Avatar The Last Airbender vibes because Mm. there's different factions of people and there are different abilities that certain people have. And there is always with a show like this, there's always going to be that individual or the key to it all that person uh, that everyone's hunting down and they're trying to, you know, follow and, and, and this and that that really compelled me her storyline and just the villainous characters in this show there's one trio they're all really good but really our main villain here and their motivations um end up being fleshed out on a level that i didn't anticipate after the first episode and i think it is a little bit more mature than your common netflix kind of um coming of age elements obviously but yeah i almost that hunger games esque genre the Mm -hmm. ya genre i think it's a bit more mature than that Mm -hmm. at points and it can get dark so i was really compelled by shadow and bone and i like the character so i'm i'm really excited we're getting a season two 
Yeah. I'll have to catch up on that. Uh, another thing I loved on Netflix is Mitchell's versus the machines. Yes, I've talked about a lot on my uh, other channel. I absolutely loved this. I thought it was so funny. It was so heartfelt. I walked away from it thinking who can relate to these characters. And yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was so, so well done. Amazing. Absolutely mm. amazing. I, I, <laughs> I, I was blown away. You know, and I shouldn't have been blown away because mm-hmm. of Lord Miller. I should have been blown away because they worked on Spider-Verse and this, but they didn't even direct this, right? They had a hand in the storytelling. Um, but what I was surprised about was how um, genuinely heartfelt every element was, whether it yeah. be the artificial intelligence aspect, whether it be the family dynamics, whether it be um, the way that they kind of bring everything together in such a beautiful way. Like I knew it would be heartfelt, but I'm like, okay, it's going to be overly silly, overly quirky. No, it keeps that, uh, that mentality, yeah. but it also gives me one of the funniest movies I've seen all year. I thought the jokes were hilarious. Uh, the yeah. son, he was mm-hmm. Oh my God. And, and even the idea of getting an adult to voice that character, I was like, okay, well, no, it works really, really well. So. And Moonchi the dog. Oh so. my God. The cute. I mean, you've got to have a cute character. Wasn't that just the cutest dog? Yeah. Oh my god! Just the cutest. Oh my god! Yeah. It, just, it kind of reminded me. I have a Boston Terrier, so it's not uh-huh. the same, obviously. But it kind of reminded me of Buddy. So the whole time I'm like, yeah. oh, so <laughs> yeah. cute, so cute. I got a chance to interview the director, Mike Rianda, over at Rotoscopers, oh, so and cool. yeah, and he was awesome and so interesting. And he said that Lord and Miller really pushed them every time they would bring them something and and say go farther go do more be more oh. experimental and you can really feel that in the yes. in the in, in the animation is so beautiful it's amazing uh, i loved it and so that's highlight of the year for me um and then another that i enjoyed and i think our audience will really love is the the finale of the to all the boys i've loved before yeah. uh that this trilogy has been very strong in my opinion and uh very well acted and nice chemistry i thought it came to a really nice ending for the characters and uh, it was very good yeah i i couldn't believe i was hearing a lot of negativity about this movie um and i was i i I just don't agree i think the movie was a very good finale yes it forgets things from the first movie (laughs) um i mean it just it really just forgets things but I'm okay with that because what we got here was a beautiful family centric movie, um, but also one that does kind of bring together all those story arcs that we've been working on um, for our main characters. And I just love this world that we're living Mm -hmm. in here. And I think the direction's fantastic. The look Mm -hmm. of these movies, comparing it to some of these other Netflix coming of age stories, it's not even close. This one is so much better so what a what a great trilogy of films that ended up being yeah yeah uh then another one that i think our audience will really enjoy is a cute little sitcom called country comfort uh this stars Catherine mcphee as kind of a mary poppins type of character who's the nanny who comes in to help with this family with these cute kids that uh that I can't think of the actor's name. Uh, it's Mary to Leanne Rhymes. Uh, it's, 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 I've lost it. But um, uh, but anyway, uh, she comes in and she's a singer, uh, but she ends up being the nanny for this family. And it's not going to win any Emmys or anything. It's just a silly little sitcom, but <laughs> I thought it was cute and I enjoyed it. Okay, very cool. Yeah, this yeah. is one... Um... I think it was like two months ago when it came out, right? I almost reviewed it. I almost reviewed it. But at the last second, I had something else I needed to to, to binge watch. But it's nice to hear that there was good. And I, I heard some good feedback on Twitter as well for the show. So it's definitely one I want to watch. Um, if you like shows like Reba or even The Nanny or it's it's that kind of a cute little sitcom. I love Reba. Man, I haven't thought uh, about Reba in a long time. I love that show. Love oh, my Reba gosh. Too. It's I love so Reba good. Too. Uh, Eddie Cibrian, that's the name. That's uh, what I was oh, trying to okay. think of. Yeah. And the little kids are really cute in the kind of classic cute sitcom 
kids. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that's, that's what um, you know, I'm, I'm looking for. It's one of those to. shows that you just kind of have to know what you're walking into. Like, it's not yes. high art. It's not high. Uh, it's just, I don't know, if you like fun, fun little sitcoms, yeah. uh, then you'll enjoy it. Um, and uh, then another one that I have just started, so I haven't. I haven't uh, gotten through season one yet is um, D- the dairy girls. And if you've heard of this no. D E R R Y, okay. this is uh, from over in England and it's about these high school girls and <laughs> it's very, it is pretty raunchy. So it's not Hallmark approved, but, uh, but it's pretty funny. Uh, the, the whole cast is very, very funny. And uh, there are shenanigans in high school at this, um, uh at this kind of preppy school and uh it's it's very very funny very well done interesting okay yeah Yeah, you're bringing some shows and it's crazy because i'm like i i feel like i'm always keeping up with the netflix stuff but there i'm I'm missing some stuff this year rachel what's going on with me i'm missing (laughs) the boat on this yeah i mean it has 98 percent rotten tomatoes dairy girls it's very funny uh seriously monica is uh is is the lead and then uh nicola coughlin kind of steals the show she is very she's kind of she reminds me a little bit of rebel wilson as far as is in the pitch perfect movies and fat amy and everything it's kind of a similar type of role um so yeah and uh definitely worth worth checking out i think there's going to be a season three uh coming soon okay very cool I think they were stalled because of quarantining and everything, you know, because they're a little bit behind there in England yes. uh, from where we're at. What about you and Netflix? Anything else? you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess technically, I mean, this was, I think it was the first day of January. Cobra Kai season three was, was this year, right? Yeah. That was this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Have you watched Cobra Kai, Rich? I have not. I have not. I, I, it's just one of those things I have not gotten to. I'll tell you what, <laughs> I, I I was as hesitant as anyone, and I'm not like a huge karate kid guy, right? I, mm-hmm. You know, I, I liked yeah. it, didn't love it. This show is awesome. It's so awesome. They're already working on season four. It captures every bit of nostalgia from the show. It's quirky. It's silly. Um, they really keep that cheese. I mean, oh my God, it's as cheesy as you're going to get, but it's so compelling in that way. And when Netflix took it over, it kind of felt more like you could tell that the budget was a little bit higher and you could tell that there were some more things that they could do and it didn't take away from the magic of the show. It actually amplified that. So uh, Cobra Kai season three is mm-hmm. awesome. There's some there's some more shows as well that I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. One called Tribes of Europa, which I thought was cool. Uh, oh, Sky Rojo was a good show. Um, and then most recently, Sweet Tooth, which actually, oh, yeah, I've it just came out last that. week. Rachel, yeah. <laughs> Re- Le- Re- Rachel, I- <laughs> if, if I could recommend one show to you on yeah. Netflix, I think it's going to be Sweet Tooth. Uh, I have that on my list. And then I also have been meaning to watch the new Sailor Moon. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. I missed that one. That's on my yeah. list. Uh, I've heard good things. Uh, so cool. Uh, well, one other, th- a couple other things I just wanted to mention that are on other services. Uh, the cho the chosen season two, uh, you can watch that, uh, I think on YouTube and on their app and mm-hmm. they ask for a donation if you feel it's good. Uh, and it's very good. Uh, it's going into the ministry of Jesus and it's done, I think v- very well with a very human, kind of quality to it it feels like this could be what it might actually have been like uh mm-hmm. and they do a very good job with that if you want some good recaps of that you should check over at durbin's channel he's been covering it uh, extensively so that's still ongoing that season uh, it's week to week um so that's very good and then also uh, i loved uh on pbs they had all creatures great and small season one and uh this is a charming charming series about uh, based on the books by james harriet uh, about a country vet in the at the turn of the century 
uh, that goes to the small town where he cares for the animals and he works for this eccentric vet, vet uh, that he also has to live with. And it's just, it's so charming. If you like things like Downton Abbey, which I adore, okay. um, if you like uh, charming shows, then you should watch it. <laughs> um, it's really good. And uh, I, it, you can watch it on pbs.com uh, okay. on their uh, website. So these people should check it out. Very it's cool. really good. Very good. Well, I will say you, you recommended uh, The Chosen to me. I actually ended up watching season one, Rachel. What do you think? Oh my God. <laughs> it was, um, that was a pun by the way. It was outstanding. It was so outstanding. I mean, I never imagined a show like that of that quality. And I was so surprised that really you and maybe a couple times on Facebook were the only times I had ever heard of it. And then I watched it and I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, it's now I haven't started season two yet. I really would love to um, get to the point to where I can review season two once once the final episode comes out. Um, yeah. I know there's still some more they have to do because they do it every couple weeks or like every few months or something like that. Right. Well, no, it's uh, I think it's every week. I'm a little I have to admit I'm a little behind just because I went okay. on vacation uh, and that kind of threw off my schedule. But um, but yeah, they have. Let me look here. I have the app. Do, do, do. Let's see here. Um, so they have season two so far. They have um, five episodes so far. Five episodes. Okay. Okay. And and how many more are there are there left, Rachel? Do you um, know? So I would assume eight. Season, right. Yeah. Season one had eight. Okay. So, wow. I've yeah. got some catching up to do. People should check it out. It's really good. It's amazing. If you guys like that kind of, I know there were a couple few years ago, what was it? The Bible and, and things like that. But I think yeah. this is some of the best quality storytelling I've seen in, in a long time. Yeah. It's, it's better than those, those kind of shows. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, so there we go. That's all I had basically to talk about. Uh, did you have anything else? Uh, nothing specifically. The only other one I really wanted to just hit on briefly was Invincible on mm -hmm. Amazon Prime. Yeah, uh, which I it's good. Oh my gosh, I absolutely <laughs> loved it. It started out a very cliche. Oh, okay, this is just Justice League from two thousand and what six. That's what it felt like. But mm -hmm. then at the end of the first episode, <laughs> something happens. And it's very violent, so it may not be everyone's cup of tea because it's it's uh, just full-on violence towards the end. But mm -hmm. it is a brilliant character study. It's almost like what if the DC Comics line Injustice was applied to a different universe when you see superheroes do things, kind of like the boys as well, mm -hmm. that superheroes should not be doing. And I really love our main character and I love all the things that they set up for season two. So Invincible, in my opinion, is a top three show of the year for me. Um, and I can't wait to see what we have mm -hmm. next. And they have had some good stuff on Amazon, uh, yes. the Invincible, and I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I mean to watch Underground Railroad. I've heard it's really good. Oh, that, that was another one that I had on my list. Underground Railroad is gorgeous it is some of the best cinematography of the year gut-wrenching so it may not be one you want to watch again um but it is a very important story so yeah both of those on amazon uh just phenomenal yeah all right well very very good uh this has been a lot of fun we talked about a lot of different shows uh let us know if you're listening, let us know what you've been watching on the streaming services and what you would recommend. And if you have any thoughts about the ones we talked about, then uh, let us know. And if you'd like to hear us talk about more about any of these shows, then let us know about that as well. And thanks so much, Austin. This was so much fun. And uh, how can people find you and your channel and your content? Yeah, you guys can find me uh, on YouTube. Just type in Austin Burke. Uh, if you want to subscribe, that would be great. Uh, but no, I just, um, I'm on there all the time. I'm on Letterboxd, writing reviews for every movie that I see. And then Instagram and Twitter, at the Burkinator, trying to tweet out some uh, early reactions and things like that. But Rachel, thanks again for having me on. Yeah. This was a blast. I've 
been more enthusiastic um, today than I have been in a while just because I love talking best of the year. So these yeah. end of the year, midway through the year lists, I, I just, I love doing them. They're so well, much fun. And now I know that if we ever want to do a Reba episode, I, oh, I've got someone so to call. Good. Yes. Yes. So good. <laughs> Very good. Um, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I am doing for Family Movie Night every Monday. We're doing Teen Movie Month in June. So it's really fun over there. So you want to check that out. And also make sure you're following us at Hallmarkies Podcast and Hallmarkies Pod all over social media. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. We appreciate that so much. We'll have all of Austin's information in the description. Make sure you check that out. And we have our patron group, which is super fun. We have monthly watch alongs with talent like paul campbell and Lacey chabert was came in our last one which was incredible uh so we make it very worth your while for the two dollars a month that it costs to support the podcast and uh so check that out we also have our merch store which has tons of fun designs check that out and thanks so much austin and we'll talk again soon hopefully <laughs> bye everyone bye